I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Baldur's Gate. Playing game of the year in 1998 and 2000. With over 3.5 million units sold, the Baldur's Gate series are the most popular RPGs ever on the PC. <laughs> oh, let's qualify that with on the PC. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Play Retro. It's your favorite retro video game podcast. I'm your host, Scott Johnson, and I can't decide which of these character portraits I should use for my very cool character. Also, how come this tavern smells like cheese? Mmm, Gouda. And I'm your other host, Brian Dunaway. Excuse me while I locate my miniature giant space hamster, which I usually keep in my bag of holding, but he must have escaped into the realm of late 1990s RPG gaming. Take heart, fellow adventurers, for you have curried the favor of Boo. Now, you're the spawn of ball. Yeah, you're Scott, the, you're the spawn you're of You're the ball. spawn of ball. Is it ball or bail? I say ball. People say bail. I like ball. Because <coughs> then I can go ball to the ball today. I can do that. Because when you're in like uh, the version of this that's in Diablo, it's bail. But, right. Well, we're gonna be doing like we're we're gonna be talking about like Dungeons and Dragons crap today on uh, on Play Retro. Uh, so yeah, it, it, you can you can say I've learned I've learned a very important lesson over the years with uh, Dungeons and Dragons. You can call it however the crap you. Yeah, want you don't it. need to don't live by somebody else's definition. Of no, the, there's only one rule. Yeah. D and D. Yeah. That's it. You have fun. That's it. That's, That's the real it. rule. That's the only rule. That's right. Some people think you need to be uh, a freak show about every little r- uh, rule and detail. You don't. Right. You don't. No. You need to have a you need to have a DM who knows how to have fun. And mm-hmm. then you as a player need to have fun within his fun. And right. then everyone will have fun. <laughs> if you get fun one of those guys that's like, oh no, I'm sorry. Uh house rules say that Britain. like if you start getting into territory where fun is being stripped out of your D and D game, you need to find a new group. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You're not doing it right. You you failed at D and D. Roll that's again. Right. Roll again, baby. So last week we missed the show. We apologize. Scott was down with the COVID. 
I'm feeling uh, much better than I was then, and we're happy to be back uh, doing it. I wanted to tell you real quick <coughs> about what I did because when I'm sick, I cannot uh, video games that are that need you to think can't do it. Mm. Can't do true it. story. True story. And COVID's bad about uh, kicking the thinking. No, it doesn't want. I mean, I tried a couple of things. Like I tried this yeah. new, and I really like it, and I'm going to keep playing it. But when I was at my sickest, um, there was no way I could do much to play that. Um, Penitent, 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 no, pen, penitent, it's not penitent, penitent it's, man it's like uh, testament, passes. testament, no, testament, 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 whatever it is, <laughs> it's on Game Pass, and it's made by Obsidian, and it's really, really good, oh. and it's all reading, it's like tons of reading and story, yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Wow, I almost downloaded that this past weekend, I, I've been getting, uh, I've been getting big back into, uh, 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 Forza Horizon Five with their with the community they've oh they've, yeah they've that game's sucked good me back in but that yeah, game's real yeah, good I, I saw uh, you should try it yeah. it's called ah, whatever the name is but it's, it's so pentiment pentiment there you go pentiment it's like te- Pent- like it's like pentiment so it's like testament and penitence I don't know there you go anyway pentiment man what does the pentiment man do and uh, he's supposed to the penitent man. Uh, the penitent no, man he, shall pass. He shall pass. Is what he is that? Do. Is that what he shall pass? Is yeah. that it? He says, "Ah, oh, the penitent ah. man shall pass. The penitent man shall pass." Says says does, uh, what's his name uh, over and over? Sean Connery. Does but but does uh it, but does um does Gandalf say fly you fools or you say run you fools? He says fly it? you fools. Yeah yeah. Fly. I always think it's run. I don't know why. Yeah, that's weird. Run. Well, Your they've got a cave, they've got a cave troll so. You need to fly. Yeah. That's, that's not a cave do. troll, is it? He's getting. He's he's dealing with the. Uh, he's dealing with the Diablo, right? Oh, that's the, the big, Balrog. Yeah, Balrog. The, is the Balrog. The, yeah, yeah. He's a dick. Anyway, <coughs> since I was sick, I only could play dumb stuff. So I played a little bit of retro, and guess what? I played the most of. I got in the biggest groove, dude. Where I didn't have to think about it. Uh, yeah. All it was is directional stuff. That's those are the only skills I had to tap, and that was yeah. just Miss Pac Man. Oh my! See, just played her that, over and over and over and over. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, because you don't have to worry about doing much of anything, just going in directions, just getting in that flow. Don't even use your brain. Just no. use the subconscious flow. And I was never one to memorize patterns with her, uh, with with uh, Miss Pac-Man. Yeah, Pac-Man uh, OG, I did have pattern memorization, and it always feels cheap when I do it. Um, so but with, with uh, Miss Pac-Man, I never did that. And maybe it's because it was harder to do there. I don't know. I'm sure somebody's figured out a way to crack that egg. But I just like getting in the groove and just kind of one step ahead of Pinky and Blinky and Clyde and the other one. Didn't um, we, when we talked about Miss Pac-Man, we didn't we determine that that they did try to make it harder and uh, it didn't have any. It didn't have like patterns like you would with like you would do on Pac-Man. Yeah. By the, the way, ghosts, I never really the ghost behaved I had differently. Some, sorry, sorry. What, what's that ahead. now? I was going to say the ghost behaved differently in Miss yes, Pac-Man. I believe. Yes. Yeah. I I I remember Pac-Man patterns. I'd only learn like moment to moment pac-man patterns like so if i was like in a corner somewhere and i would have like a particular move but that's more like it. i didn't really learn patterns as much as i learned moves yeah i'd be like okay i'm in this corner this is the move i go through this usually gets me through here i never learned any of the big stuff it's kind of like the difference between that nerd that could speed solve the rubik's cube with one hand versus you know me who would look at it and i've got some moves yeah but I don't know all the patterns. I bet you had more fun than that guy, the guy that finished. I guarantee you I did. Yeah. I think that's true. And <coughs> don't get me wrong. I was not like some kind of Pac-Man wizard, but I was good at remembering 
like the first three levels, what every, what all the behaviors were and where I needed to be at any given time. After that, things sped up to a point that I'm sure I changed it up. But in her case, in Miss Pac-Man's case, no, man, just go. I want to go back to you talking about uh, uh, your Fred Savage movie moment where you were the uh, Pac-Man wizard. What was it? Yeah, Yeah, the old famous song, Pac-Man wizard by The Who. Pac-Man wizard. Yep, put your quarter in and make the guy go down the thing. And then the ghosts try to get you. Oh, no, that's the song. Wait, wait, I got a question for you. Go. And the wizard, the movie. Yeah. Did you watch that with Fred Savage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple times. Okay. 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 Wait. 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 I want you to tell me if you remember what 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 was he playing? What was what was the game he was playing? Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers three. Dur dur. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Fred. That's who Fred Savage. Fred Savage was playing that. Yeah. That was, was he, the whole was the whole movie was an advertisement for yeah. Super Mario Brothers three, basically for the NES. Yeah. I thought it was his little brother who was doing it. Uh oh, was it? Uh, no. <laughs> Except that Fred Savage, no, he played, right? He had the glove and everything. And then uh, Christian Slater showed up and went, hey, you guys. And that was about it. That's the movie. And that was the movie. And you just you just watched The Wizard here. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. It's been. I haven't seen it in forever. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to remember because I was thinking, I, wait a minute. I don't think, I think he wanted to be the, and then he ended up having to take his little brother or something. And I was like, it was Lucas or something. Yeah. Lucas. There you go. Dice made it confirms. It was Lucas, his little brother. Who was the wizard? Not, mo- not the movie Lucas. No, 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 no. Jackie Vinson, who played the character Lucas, was the. Uh, so George yeah, Lucas yeah. walked into an arcade. No, Luke. No, no. Just one name, Lucas. Okay. I guess his last name was Woods. I don't know. Woods was there. Last, see, like I that. remember nothing. I remember somebody. Maybe, maybe it wasn't Lucas. Maybe it's. Uh, maybe it was Jimmy. Jimmy. Maybe that was it. Jimmy. Maybe they showed somebody showed up with a power glove, and that's all. I just don't remember much else. That's it. <laughs> I just remember feeling like the whole thing was a Nintendo commercial, and I was fine with it at so, the time. But now I think it's one day we're gonna one day we're gonna do play retro uh the movie edition and we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go back and watch some of these why don't we we should haven't seen since 1989 another reason to join our patreon we'll do some some bonus shit over there i like that idea hey brian you got your uh, mega drive 2 from the japan and you opened it and we saw a video of it at least some people saw a video of you opening it and unboxing it any further thoughts on uh you know your your time with the uh, mega drive 2 mini Absolutely. I showed a couple weeks ago on screen. If you're listening to it on podcast, I'll try to describe it best I can. The the Mega Drive 2 Mini, uh, all the way from Japan. Uh, it is it is it is it has Japanese by default uh, on the uh, menu system. I can I changed that to English right away because I don't speak or uh, write or read Japanese. But you'll see right here on screen, it looks just like the Model 2. So if you can imagine the Model 2 version of the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive. Is is is, but it's just really small. It's about well, like about a third, or uh, maybe a, maybe a third the size of a regular one. Maybe a fourth the size. Yeah. Has the you know the red the red cart slots. Nothing that goes in it really, unless they add, unless they start selling those add-ons where you can put it in there and stack it on like they did the first mini. Yeah, the first one. The first the little, mini also had a slot, but not, you can't. There's nothing in there, right? Just, right, right. And there's nothing in there. So it's an empty slot, but they're probably going to do stuff like that. And it's got like the, you know, it's got the blue button. It comes with the six, it comes with one six button controller. The fight controller also has a blue start button. I'll show you right quick. 
This is the Genesis, the U.S. model that was released, uh, also manufactured in Japan and uh, distributed from Japan on this side. And then on my right side is the Mega Drive. So are they doing the they CD? Like. Are they going to do a CD looking thing that can go on the other side of it? Because the way that worked I was w- you had to like a tray. Yeah. And that tray I'm was, assuming they will. It was a CD player on this side, but it had a built in bottom tray that you put your Genesis 2 in. And it was the Model 2 of the Sega CD. And then you had them sitting right. side by side, whereas the old setup was the ge- the old Genesis on top of a front-loading uh, Sega CD. Right. There's a big old fat boy. I was way into that second series and also ended up with a 32X. So what I really want to do, if this is all possible, and I'm not a 3D printer, so I don't have all that shit to do at home, I want to take that. I want to get that mini. I want to slot in a 32X and underneath I want, or on the side, I want to have the the second edition of the CD thing. Even if it doesn't work, I don't care. Yeah. I want to recreate that little stack um, so that I'm I can sure, just have it, you know? I'm sure they have it. There's actually three different ways you could do it. This, the, these m- most recent minis, they do come with uh, like six games that are part of the Sega CD collection. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you remember, like you were talking about, there's the stack. They actually made the series or the model one, also, with an extension for that little plate that you could put underneath the the C- Sega CD. So, like, you know, you had the full stack, like you were talking about. Then you had the side-by-side, which had the Model 2. But they also made uh, a side-by-side for the Model 1 as well. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Those. Interesting. I, okay. I saw one of those at uh, a retro store recently, and I was like, oh, that's, I didn't know they had that way. Because no. that, that kind of put a... Uh, a, a crimp in my trying to figure out how I wanted to do it. Yeah. Because I was like, do I want to... Because I got... I got one. I got a model one and a two, one and a two, and I got the model two sound chip is way better. It's not nearly as ganky. All those nasty sounds you hear. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's that's the model one. Yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, well, interesting. I'm very uh, excited to see more about that device. So we'll we'll talk about it on future shows, of course. But um, maybe I just need to pull the trigger and get the. I don't even care about the Japanese one. I just want the American one. I just right. want to get that. You need. You need. Yeah, look at that. What do you think about that? That looks pretty good. You have a nice little setup going on there. That's your little... No, you think so? Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Is the real... I got my Lego. I got my Lego over here. Yeah. Uh, Anthony put together another retro Lego set. This was the NES version. So if you imagine the American version of the NES, yeah. that front slot load, it's got that. And it's got a little TV all made out of Legos. And it's got... Look, it's got Mario doing his running. And you can actually, there's a little crank on the side of this thing, and if I could reach it, I would, I would run through. But it's, you remember those little, uh, those little child toys you used to have, where you'd have a little hand would crank it in the background would move, yeah. and the character in the front would stay in, in sure. you know, one spot. Sure, it sure. It would do just that. Yeah, That's my nice. mini's in there too. Do you assemble way. these yourself, or they came to you? This oh, way. I did not. Anthony was kind enough to assemble these for me, uh, and then, and then send them to me through the mail. And he did, he did a fantastic job at packing them. Uh, only one little table leg came off, and even at my skill level of Legoing, I was able to put it back together. So, nice. and now it's on display, baby, at That's the Dunaway household. Dunaway Come on over, game display game. countertop unit deal. Mm-hmm. There. That's awesome. There. Well, well done. Uh, we're gonna play something very different today, though, here on the show, and we're gonna start well. with this. <laughs> Shall we play a game? We shall indeed. Uh, today's discussion topic is going to be the early, and by early I mean the very first, two Baldur's Gate games from BioWare, uh, BlackRock, 
what was it? What were they called? Black, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Black Rock. Nice. Uh, it's Black, Black Isle, Isle Studios. Studios. Sorry. Interplay yeah. and TSR. There's a lot more people involved and a lot less of the Bioware name than I remember after going back right. and looking at these. But uh, these are two of the most impactful um, RPGs of all time. Certainly in Western RPGs, uh, for, mm-hmm. for, for sure. And they were interesting in that they were the first real mainstream, successful, what we would call a CRPG uh, or computer RPG. And the concepts of these things was, hey, it's D&D under the hood, but you're going to play it in a way that is a little bit more action-y. Uh, the game basically let you pause and make decisions and do things and rearrange who's doing what and when and what order. But when you would unpause it, I think just the old old fashioned space bar back in the day, um, right. and you played a million games like this since. But you would unpause, and the and the and the combat would happen, uh, would just happen. It's just it's not turn based. Right. It's just going, and it's sort of real time. But what's happening behind the scenes and down in the little counter or in the little uh, display window is you're getting you're getting results of dice rolls, yeah. but you're doing it in real time. Um, there's a little there's a little mm-hmm. guy inside your computer going oh come on no, 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 no. basically yeah <laughs> roll for roll for <laughs> kind of like, like it, it it literally is doing that but doing it at such speed that a human could never do it yeah and uh here's a little bit of the introduction to that game which i don't know that holds up very well but i'm gonna play a little audio from it here you go no you can't Oh, that last hit is pretty rough. It's uh, pretty tough. You know that guy's voice in the beginning. Here, let me play a little of that again. No, you can't. Right. I will be the last. That guy, he's he does all kinds of VO in games and yes. TV and stuff. In fact, I think yeah. he's the guy who did, I may have this wrong, but I think he's the one that used to do, the following program is brought to you with limited commercial interruption on Hulu. Back when they used to do that. Right. Did he do that one? Pretty sure that's him. I you might be, be right. I think he's the guy with the really cool white dreads. Uh, right, right, d- right. And he does tons of VO for all kinds of stuff. Bunch of Warcraft stuff. Anyway, uh, Baldur's Gate 1, 1998. Part of what what uh, people consider was still one of the greatest years in video games. That was the year of StarCraft. And Brood War. It was a year of uh, Half-Life 1 finally came out and was a thing. And Baldur's Gate was definitely among those high echelon of games that year. Um, on consoles, you had Ocarina of Time and uh, other ones that escaped my brain. But it was a big... Oh, uh, Metal Gear Solid came out that year. It was a big deal that year for a lot of right. games on a lot of platforms. And on the PC, this was their big shining moment to have uh, Baldur's Gate 1 happen. And it was huge um it's based huge. on the forgotten realms dungeons and dragons campaign setting with the same name a lot of people had heard of it if you were familiar with D at the time uh, i should mention that the underpinning roles and stuff i talked about before were all running to a second edition of the game right um but you were it's interesting you earlier were telling me how while that was true there were some character packs in there that were actually from three Right, yeah. yeah. The and in, in the in Baldur's Gate, the first Baldur's Gate, it was second edition rules, as close as they could get it. In the second uh, Baldur's Gate, they added some class kits. Yeah. Uh, from the third edition, That's so some people sometimes get they get in there and they'll think, oh, this is third edition, 
But from my understanding from interviews I read, it was only the class kits. Now, I played as much Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 as I could this past week and read as many interviews as I could uh, and learned so much stuff is just ridiculous. So if I get anything wrong, let me know. And I believe I wanted to go back. I was trying to do a quick search. I'm pretty sure uh, Sarvok, who's your bad guy in the first one, is – I definitely know this part. That's Kevin Michael Richardson. Uh, is the voice actor. Oh, uh, and I think he's also the narrator uh, in, in the game, the first game as well. He's mm-hmm. also, you may remember him as in some stuff for like uh, the, the Cleveland show and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. what else? I think he even does. Does he do? I think he does Dr. Hibbett on The Simpsons at least. Oh, he might uh, now. So he, yeah. Because yeah. for a while there, that was, well, for the longest time, that was uh, Harry Shearer. And then they decided in the last couple of years right. they wanted to make that stuff more authentic. So they hired somebody. I didn't and know it was him though. Was, that's cool. Right. And was he also Goro in Mortal Kombat, I think? I think that sounds right. Once again, feel free to correct me. There are so many amazing voice actors in this series, like Jim Cummings as Minsk, and he's Winnie the Pooh. He does Winnie the Pooh. We got Jennifer Hale. I mean, there's just so many. I, oh, I couldn't yeah. even start to. I couldn't even start to name all the amazing voice actors. Who a lot are, of a lot of the people you would consider like all stars. Uh, the the sort yeah. of aging group of of early uh, you know game voices that you hear now all the time. A lot of yes. these people were in this game, and uh, yeah, rightly so. It was a it was a big production. It felt like they really cared about uh, that level of quality. Whereas console games and other stuff that were getting into voice acting. Were not great. They're pretty. Nope, pretty not bad. great. Yeah, they were. They were kind of limited too. I'll say this for the PC: console games typically did not consist of multiple discs. The first Baldur's Gate for PC, for some reason, PC users were okay with this. It's like, how many discs you got for this game? Five. That sounds about right. And so Jeez, I loaded right? the first Baldur's Gate, right? Yep. I, I Well, first of all, I got the enhanced edition, but yeah. I did play the Baldur's Gate 1 on my uh, my thin client PC, old school Windows 7, uh, Windows XP compatibility mode. Uh, and I had five ISOs for Baldur's Gate 1. You load up just the first disc and you start playing. And then once you get to a certain uh, story point, then you load up the next disc. Right. Baldur's Gate 2 not the same Mm-mm. four disc and you had to l- this is how many disc swaps you have to do when you're playing Baldur's Gate 2 by the way uh you have to put the first disc in then ask for the second disc then the third then the fourth then you go back to the second disc and then you go back to the first disc that's all before you even play that's yeah. all before yeah. you even start rolling a character yeah it's a lot i i felt like 2 was a little big for its britches you know right for the tech at the time anyway um, the way to do this now, obviously, and I would highly recommend these two versions, the enhanced edition of these two games are excellent. They're very good. Oh, yeah. They are very good at both retaining the, uh, what made the original games great and how they looked and all that other stuff. But, you know, clearly there's an advantage to having a single install. You're not doing swaps all day. Um, the interface is a little cleaned up and they, um, what else? They run. Oh, and they run it widescreen. So yeah. you get the full yeah. full use of your monitor in that case. Well, yeah, widescreen. There was a mod for uh, both of these back in the day that allowed you to uh, run those things in, in widescreen as well. But I think Baldur's Gate 1 released at 640 by 480, and then Baldur's Gate 2 uh, was 800 by 600. That's right, Scott. Mm-hmm. 800 by 600 resi. That yeah. was, whoa. Yeah, I was locked at you that. Just, I remember that was woo. the same. Uh, Diablo 2 was like that uh, roughly the same year. I think it was also 2000, maybe 01. Can't remember right, now. Right, right. 
but they were both uh, criticized. I remember this at the time. People criticized these games for having um, stuck themselves or limited themselves within 800 mm-hmm. by 600 resolution when everybody else was supporting 10, 1024 by 768 or higher. Right. Um, it's still kind of early in resolution days, but uh, but yeah, I didn't mind. It's fine. Yeah, I played it. I didn't mind either. It's and once again we talked about did we talk about this pre-show? You had kind of asked me if I had played Baldur's Gate one and too much, and I said not really, because uh during this time period I was more into, you know, action games. I was more doing first person shooters. And this kind of felt to me when I saw it, even though I had some I had diehard D and D friends. I was into D and D, but then I had like serious D and D friends. Sure. And they were really into it. And when I looked at it, I was like Oh, okay. I'm more into 3D stuff right now. It's 1998, you know, in 2000s when these these launched, and I'm like, and eh, this uh, it looks like a lot of work is what it looks Plus like. Plus, we were saying pretty like sure you, you and I were both playing a lot of Quake, playing a lot of Half Life. We were we were yeah. really into you know Unreal, all that all that stuff was hitting and was huge. And we we're using GameSpy, and we we're doing that was a whole jam then. Yeah, and there was like a this was a different game. How do I put this? This is a whole different club. Yeah, this is a different club. Yeah, what it was. And I played one. I played and beat one. I pretty much mainlined it um, and really liked it. I loved it. Partly because I was like, yeah, this game doesn't do that lame old turn-based, even though nowadays I love turn-based gameplay. It's kind of my favorite. (laughs) But back in the day, I was a real real puss. It's not the word I was looking for. Puss. I was was a big puss. I had a big puss on my face. I was a big jerk about it. I was like, yeah, turn-based, forget it. That's grandpa gaming. Let's play, you know, some real-time business. And I was really into StarCraft, really into Command & Conquer. And this had this this real-time system. From from behind behind my friend who's playing it, I'm like looking and going, okay, what are you doing here? Okay, is this is this turn based? Because it looks turn based. No, no, it's real time. No, I'm like, well, why am you sitting there? I mean, you're a pausing. Bunch of you're doing a pause, and then you do shit, and then you and then you unpause, and then yeah. your guys go yeah. do their thing. So it was kind of like a little half step. Um, yeah, but it worked for me, and I really enjoyed it. And then two, I played but didn't beat, and I think partly because I was super into again the shooter world was all our oyster. That's what we were doing. Yeah, and so two we were just so epic. I didn't realize how big it was until i started playing this week no, like huge. we said i was going to do Baldur's gate i was like I, I, i've been wanting to visit Baldur's gate i know enough dnd to kind of fill my way around mm-hmm. man was i overwhelmed yeah it's a lot there's a, there a lot of stuff here because i was thinking a game from 98 2000 i'm like eh how much content could it actually have it's too many no it was a lot dude it was like 40 plus just the mainline stuff on on both of these it was just freaking ridiculous yeah, to this start- to this day it is still enough content to call it a full game like it's a big ass yeah, game it's a big game yeah and i recommend actually playing it i think these enhanced editions make it super simple to do and the pc versions are great the ipad versions are really good by the way surprisingly I wanted good to get to the ipad version i did not it's like 10 bucks or something it's yeah it's cheap expensive for the amount of content no it's, it's a killer deal and they run great i have cheap. i have one on there i don't know if i got two i may have but I know I got one for sure, and it played really, really well. I think what I want to do though is hunker down on a on a PC and play the enhanced edition again. There, um, I think I we should time. play Baldur's Gate Two, the enhanced edition, Shadows of Um. Um, nom, 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 but nom. I always just call it Baldur's Gate Two, uh, Two, because I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm never gonna get into the Shadows of Um. Took me forever just to figure out how to say uh, Imwin. That took me forever. That was one of the characters that that this uh, kind of running through these these uh, these stories here because you are the children of 
ball. Yeah, the children of ball. Bang to bang. Yeah, everybody. You know, technically, we're all children of balls, but this is a very special. We're children of balls. Yeah, in this case, it's just the children of balls who are uh, causing problems and and. They're also the solution, and so there you go. Well, let's get a little taste of that. You spent your youth in the library fortress of Candlekeep, under the kind tutelage of your foster father, Gorion. Imoen shared this home, a kindred spirit. Her background was as mysterious as your own. Gorion's murder brought answers to your questions. When his killer, Saravok, was revealed to be your brother. Oh, these family, these family connections, man. Yes, the familiar is it's it's good, and it, it's a strong line through all mm-hmm. the way through through the first one, the second one, and this first one you start off at a uh, what like a, a basically a level one type character, and you know, I think you top top out somewhere around I don't know eight. Something Eight like or that, ten maybe. Oh, yeah, it's low. yeah. They 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 kept it. They had it, they had to uh, scale it back a little bit, uh, to, so you could only. Well, it's a lot so like. I mean, it's it's, it's a great deal like actual D anD D. You're you're not yeah. blasting through levels. It's a slower process, and you know the the differences between levels aren't massive. Like uh, in some ways, I feel like modern RPG players are a little bit spoiled. Because all the numbers have been scaled up to seem like a bigger deal in your MMOs and your and your action RPGs yeah. and things like that. Whereas, you know, D&D, you're super awesome at level four. Yeah. <laughs> and you have abilities that are just like mind-blowingly cool and, and all of that. But it doesn't seem, the numbers don't seem that cool. They, they, yes. seem, they seem low. So, I don't know. You have to get over that hump, I guess, if you're, if you're new to the genre. Um, Two is really big. I if I was to say the best way to play these original two games is actually play them back to back. I think they're better as a complete um, experience than they are separate. Um, and it sounds a little weird to say that. I think they're excellent games on their own, but I think one and two ought to be played together. And I think these enhanced enhanced editions make that really easy and simple to do. I I don't even think you. I I'll be honest with you. I played. And the, I don't. I have the nostalgia goggles. Now you played the first one all the way through, I and did. you have some nostalgia for it. That's cool. Yeah. I like the first one, and I've gone back and played more of it. But I had no trouble just leaving one behind and jumping straight into two and spending almost all my time in two because all the characters that you meet later on uh, as you party up. This is this game. This game is about partying. You play by yourself. You can play multiplayer, but the pause causes a lot of trouble uh, with those kind of that kind of gameplay so if you play the first one you play them by yourself you'll eventually meet more of your party as you go along and you'll meet some of these same characters that you play with in Baldur's gate 2 mm-hmm. uh and they and they start off in, in two where you've lost you can choose to kind of go with a storyline and dialogue choices to go like you've lost your memory and you just get to know the characters by asking questions and right. so it, it contextualizes all the stuff story-wise I don't think it's really necessary to play one. I, I, I just like I said, I kind of just went Jumped through it right quickly two. and was like, eh, nothing wrong with that. Two. I mean, two is well, it's the last official one we've gotten. If you don't count Planescape Torment, Icewind Dale one and two, yeah. all these other spinoffs, Dark Alliance one and two on PlayStation. Like the throne, the throne of ball was was also massive content, twenty plus hours of content, and they was originally looking to make it as Baldur's Gate three, and they ended up just. They just tacked it onto way. two, basically, yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting, because we now live in a time where we're supposed to hear in the next few weeks uh, 
when Larian, the current developer of Baldur's yes. Gate 3, is going to f- officially release that damn thing. Yes, they're going to announce in December That's when right. when we're going to get the full deal. You can buy now uh, on Steam, but uh, I, I I think me and Scott talked about this earlier, too. It's, I'm, I'm going to wait. Scott already has it, but I'm going to wait before I get my first impression. Well, it's funny. I got it as a gift from a friend for, for a birthday, and yeah. I was incredibly grateful for it. But I, but I cannot bring. I've done the, I've done the prologue and kind of the start of the story and stuff. But right. I don't want to go any further. Oh, yeah. and I also tested to make sure I wanted to see how it ran on a Steam Deck and it runs great. So there's, Ooh, there's that. That's interesting. I, how did you play? Uh, okay, so one and two, even when the enhanced editions, you better have some pretty good vision or some good glasses. Because, yeah, that's uh, a, that's that, going to be hard. That's a lot of dialogue. I can't imagine yeah. playing this on that small of a screen. Um, no. Three, they, they've. You can do scale, you know, there's, there's options yeah, for accessibility. We're modern now. Yeah. But back in the day, these were little tiny scribbly words and you were going to have to just sort of live with how small they were. I'm looking at the screen right now. I still think they're incredibly small. For, they're for really, they're game. really small. This is a young man's <laughs> game. Um, yeah. I, I think the iPad version, I think, I, I think that I want to say the iPad version has tech scaling even on the on might. the enhanced editions, yeah, it might or it, wherever version. It wouldn't surprise there. me that if it did, or just given yeah. just given how much dialogue there is, and this is a very dialogue heavy experience. And if you've played, gosh, any games since these that were kind of based on these, mm-hmm. uh, whether they were actual Infinity Engine or something else, then you know how much you're into for story. Like all of these Obsidian games, like um, Pillars of Pil- Pillars of Eternity, one and two, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing games. And they are really, truly, they are like, you know, straight children of Baldur's Gate in terms of gameplay and style and and setting and just all of the tropes they use and everything. It's not actual D&D underneath, but it's close enough. Um, And they're excellent as well. But they, these are all meant to be big, heavy reads, sometimes spoken, not always. There is some dialogue in this game that is often spoken. But there's big chunks of this, this game, one and two, where they just make you read, and it's okay. Yes. It's okay, you know. And you know, I I'm going to back up and retract some of the things I said about one that you don't have to have one to enjoy two. I may be in a place in my life where I'm I'm okay with a whole bunch of dialogue and just reading and just having just absorbing the content, not getting in a, in any hurry. Mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate 1 is more of an adventure like uh, you would do over the weekend, whereas Baldur's Gate 2 is like a freaking epic. I mean, it's like it is huge with dialogue choices. They start getting into the idea of, you know, using romance like we we never really looked at any RPG games with, you know, like, is that a, a metric what we're doing here with our dialogues so getting a, you know, a romantic answer out of some of this stuff? We didn't think about that. Mm. Uh, and I think. I also read or saw in an interview that it was something like uh, it was like th- th- it was like having three uh, uh, Game of Thrones books together. Yeah. Amount of dialogue. I mean, it was just you wouldn't it's read all of that. Yeah, but there's that much dialogue in it. No, that's absolutely true. They're hu- they're freaking humongous. And I had, yeah. I did recently grab. I still have them on my hard drive. The Icewind Dale one and two uh, enhanced edition. It comes as a single game. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend that. Um, Icewind Dale one and two. Oh, ironically, that game I was talking to you about, you pre-show that Pentiment game. 
yes. uh, show uh, uh, the game was run, or you know, the, the the lead designer on that game is all the way back from uh, the Icewind Dale days, which is pretty great. Nice. Anyway, uh, those games also just magnificently huge, sprawling, epic tales. If you are a reader and you like fantasy then this is going to be your jam. If you're a gamer who likes to skip dialogue because you think you don't need it, I don't think we're talking about your genre here. I know. I think you better keep on looking. Yeah, keep moving on down the road. Did you ever play either any of the Icewind Dales or uh, the like? I did play a little bit of the Ice. So I was getting I was getting back into these types of games uh, at about that time. So mm. uh played those a little bit. I want to say 2000 um, I, and uh, maybe 2000 and then 2003 or something for one and two. Right, right. They were excellent. Uh, Planescape Torments, another one I didn't want to not mention here. It uses the Infinity Engine as well, um, mm-hmm. although a modified one. It, real ugly now, if you go back and look at it. Um, the Enhanced Edition's a little better, but as far as story goes, I've never, I've never played an RPG with a story that impacted me more than Planescape Torment. It's so good. Hmm. Brian, it's so I, good. I don't think I played that one at all. Oh, you really should. One. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's the most non of all of these, probably the most non mainstream. Right. Um, it's one that you had to kind of know about or hear about. Or your oh, friends yeah, tell this you. is so ugly too. Oh, look at those. Oh, it's very ugly. Those tiles. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's very ugly, but you know, it's Speaking all of this. Which, uh, yeah, this this game, this engine, the Infinity Engine was doing something that uh, was kind of interesting. This was very early on. This was not a DOS game. So if you're looking at this game going, was this DOS? It was not. It was uh, DirectX, DirectDraw, uh, very early on stuff. It was able to like render uh, uh, like files directly out of um, out of like Photoshop. Yep. It could uh, so instead of doing uh, what people were usually doing, which was doing the tile base, where it would be like, uh, you know, shuffling tiles around, mm-hmm. you actually had a huge, giant map, and then you just put sprites on there. You put those animated sprites on it. So it was it was a whole new world, exciting. And boy, this other one, boy, woo, yeah. that textures on that is muddy and well. It's meant to be a little. It's meant it. to be a little gross because it's the the setting is is pretty dark but uh yeah the the thing i like about all of these games and the and the infinity engine stuff in general infinity not affinity i keep saying those yeah two. yeah infinity like infinity. infinite yeah infinite it was the reason that yeah, i think they were the cool was because made. it was the first time this was the first time i remember feeling like these worlds were made of these little intricately yes. made things of pots and books and tables and 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 floor tiles and like weird little stones and like to me this is this is the establishment of the of the kind of aesthetic that I still to this day really like when a game comes out and does yeah. this. It's obviously very different today if they're using a fully 3D engine, you can do all of this rendered out in beautiful, you know, wonderfully lit awesome high resolution stuff. Um, but I'm still just fascinated by this is a little table and here is a dude it at the is. table. It's just it's just like that. It's like little miniature trains with people and stuff. And they're all little yeah. running around the little town. You're just God, you know, burning them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and look, I get that it's a ton of work, right? The people who put these together, especially if you're in the the environments that are very varied and you don't feel like you're seeing a lot of repeating stuff. I mean, I'll bet these artists were just killing themselves all the time. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's horror stories. I mean, the, the Bioware was uh, started with uh, like by three doctors and uh, some developers 
uh, not to downplay their part, but the doctor's story is kind of interesting because they're the money guys, you know, they're the guys who are pushing stuff around and, uh, and there was three of them to begin with. And yep, Dr. Yip, he, uh, he, he, he stepped out after the first Baldur's Gate because uh, of the, this, the, the crazy amount of hours mm-hmm. that they were putting into Baldur's Gate. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is, this goes on. This is a culture that evolved everywhere in the gaming industry of, of making these huge games of overworking your, 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 your people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Baldur's Gate two had a little better from the interviews I, I, I watched, uh, they, they were Baldur's Gate two was a little, was a little more sensical, but they had more, they had veterans by that point in time. And Baldur's Gate one was just kind of like a bunch of people going, I think we could do this. Well, how should we do this? Let's make some characters. And they, they would make, they made a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, the NPCs in the game yeah. from based on their the two, character sheets. They were the doing. two remaining doctors, the famous doctors. They uh, were obsessed with um, uh, the the Ultima stuff, Ultima series. Oh, right. And right. As, as a result, they were like, "Well, we think we can do that better." And they those two guys were there with the company all the way up through and beyond the sale to EA, which now isn't that yes. long ago. Um, but have recently gone off and done their own thing. They're nowhere. They're not in game development anymore. One of them makes beer, I think. Like literally, is just like full time <laughs> brew dude. Yeah, and, these and, guys are like, uh, I don't know, man. You gotta, you gotta love that kind of drive, right? I'm gonna be a doctor. All right, let's do it. Yeah, uh, I want to make video. I, I will. Let's make some. Let's make some crazy ass games that are gonna be super deep. All right. Yeah, I think I'm just going to brew some beer now. Sounds good. Sounds good, Doctor. Okay, Doctor. And they go and do All right, their thing. Doc. And they're, you know, Bioware is now a name of just to be reckoned with. It is, it's, even yeah. though, even though we've come, you know, we've kind of dropped some notches after the EA acquisition and a bunch of failed stuff. Uh, people still get pretty excited about what those guys are doing next. Don't forget, we got the entire Mass Effect out of these people. We got uh, the uh, the Star Wars, the Old Republic stuff. Um, yes. Some amazing games. Neverwinter Nights is still one of my favorite things I ever had a mouse in yeah, my hand for. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Neverwinter Nights is where I still where I started getting back into Oof. this stuff heavy. Dude, that was That's so good. Was they like, had all yeah. this like creation tools. You can make your own scripting. You can basically build your own RPG in that engine. I loved uh, loved Neverwinter Nights yeah. so much. Yeah. Anytime I can get anytime a game offered me the abilities to to get in there and mod and do stuff, I was down. And I'm looking now, Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition is only five ninety nine right now on Steam. Psh. I'm gonna pick it up right now. No Brian. brainer, dude. No brainer. Absolutely oh, spend money God. on that. I know it's a lot of content, but I'm telling you, it's great. It's so good. Um, but that's something else I wanted to say. Um, you know, this is the company that would go on to make Dragon Age, yes. uh, specifically the first one, Dragon Age Mind. Origins, which, you know, we're now into a more modern era, 360 PS3 era for that game. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's Baldur's Gate. Like, that's the lineage. Yeah. And they're making, like, they're they're taking broad new steps and strokes to make the next kind of game like that. And I think in many, many ways they succeeded wildly with that first game. It's a wonderful game, tons of depth, huge story, uh, amazing mechanics. Like it's really cool. This is again after that acquisition and two was a bummer. (laughs) Two was weird. Two was, was EA going, Hey, what if it was a little more action, a little less, uh, RPG B, you know, or what, GBB, GBB. what if we went after the kids with the action brains and the sugar and the bl- and the blood? Why don't we do that? And they and they did, and it was not great. It was two was kind of a rough deal. 
Three, on the other hand, otherwise known as uh, Dragon Age Origins. No, Dragon Origin, Age yeah. Inquisition. Sorry. Inquisition. Yeah. Inqui- yeah. I loved that game. But again, it came out in the shadow of Skyrim and tried to be Skyrim in some ways. And I think they tried a little too hard in a couple of ways to make it more like Skyrim. And I think that was a detrimental thing. There is a new one in the works. It's a direct sequel to Inquisition. It looks pretty rad, but it's just fun to see the bookends of the beginnings of this with Baldur's Gate 1. It was clearly their primordial ooze for what would become this Bioware RPG style. And And then is literally... Of the beginning of Bioware. This is this is the end of TSR essentially doing the Dungeons and Dragons for the most part and heading over to uh, Wizards of the Coast. And during that whole little thing that was going on, Interplay had the rights to uh, uh, to get a game published based on the D and D, and they and and TSR did not want them to use any of the good characters mm-hmm. for this game so or any of the good locations yeah. guess what yep you know what it's Too like bad. you know what this reminds like me of it reminds me of you know the good marvel stuff it will sell off and have them make movies yeah. so we don't have to well that'll be star Wars, or that'll be a spider-man and that'll be um exactly X-Men, no one thought right? no one go no one yeah. thought these b-tier freaking avenger characters were going to be anything and now they are everything yeah. So you got to whenever you do that and you hand the, the keys to someone talented, don't expect them just because you gave them what you think is your junk that they're going to produce junk. Yeah. Maybe they're going to make something you, great. I think I write because you probably forget that when we started looking at Marvel movies, the X-Men was the hotter property. Avengers had 100%. fallen away from 100%. favor. Even and, Avengers, yeah. even in comic book days, like even in the most ardent fans, no one was ever yeah. going to argue the Avengers was the big thing. Iron Man wasn't an a, a, a lister. I mean, I like no, Iron no Man one just even, fine. I, I used to have trouble finding somebody who would talk to me about Iron Man. I love the comic Iron Man because I loved that flawed hero yeah. aspect, and they've just they've turned it into something that everyone could love. I was yeah. shocked yeah. when my friends said they were going to see Iron Man. I'm like, you're going to see Iron Man? Yeah, you don't like Iron Man. You don't like Get Iron Man at all. What are you talking about? Iron Man's <laughs> dumb. And then you see Iron Man, you go, Oh, okay, this is. This oh, is- even I was blown away because I was yeah. like, That's not the Iron Man I remember, but I like I like this vibe. You guys are right. This is hot. I yeah. like it. So I feel like that. A little bit of that happened here because they weren't giving them their best their best uh, content yeah. base. They were just saying, "Here, take this. It's fine." So they whatever. had they had a lot more free reign. Yeah. Therefore, they could make the characters they kind of wanted. And they could really make things. Uh, just, you know, they could make it their own. There's a there's a there's a big thing when you have ownership on something. It really what, shines. What happened through. to uh, Interplay? They're not around anymore, right? Yeah, ninety. Uh, they've changed their names a couple of times. Who are they now? But I think they've just. They're gone now. Well, they were Interplay Productions from 83 to 98. From then on, they were just Interplay. I'm trying to find an end date. Maybe not. They just don't. Let's see. I thought they just morphed. I thought they kept morphing until they were something else now. Uh, Inter- Interplay Discovery yeah, Interplay, is a right? You can go to Interplay.com. They, they make, uh, now they just make, uh, they make, uh, I don't know what they make. <laughs> Matt <laughs> so Black Isle. to Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 2 on 7-2022. What? Yes, that's right. We did, we're not going to get a chance to talk about Dark Alliance, which is a shame. But that Oh, kind of Dark Alliance. Those games are so good. We'll just leave yeah. it to say this. The PC versions are fine because now those are out on there. But the for the longest time, it was a PS2 exclusive. I think maybe GameCube yeah. had it. I don't remember. There, there um, will be a oh, uh, Dark Alliance conversation eventually. Those are so good. 
so good. Yeah, I mean they're Make basically sure. just Diablo Diabloification of the yeah of the <laughs> of the of the world. But I didn't care. I freaking loved them. Yeah, so good. good. Oh, so good. I could play that now. Do you remember they had an EverQuest one of that too? Um, oh, I never played that though. Oh, mm-hmm. was, what was that called? EverQuest console game. And it came out around the same time, and it was also very good. It may have even been the same devs. I'm not actually sure, but uh, this is called EverQuest. I can't find it. I can't find the thing with the thing. How about, how about I tell you something that didn't come out on consoles? Yeah, what do you it, got? What is it that? was the canceled PlayStation 5 disc version of Baldur's Gate. Champions, that's it. Sorry, EverQuest Champions. Continue. Keep going. Oh, oh, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were they were uh, they were working. Interplay was working to release. Uh, they were going to release a uh, PlayStation version of of this game, and mm-hmm. it was pretty much completed. And you can actually, uh, I think there's like I think you can actually I think find copies of it. Is ha- that was that close? It was a prototype, so you could find a prototype for that. There was also a Dreamcast port uh, that was supposed to. They were there. There was. I, I didn't find any hard concrete information this, but I did see uh, that they were working on a Dreamcast one. And then the person says, for unspecified reasons in 2000, they canceled it. And I'm like, well, yeah, d- d- duh. It's not going to Dream. It's not going to happen. No, because the Dreamcast just, at that point, was, I mean, they, you were already throwing some bad money at bad money. Right. Um, unfortunately. Was just, that wasn't going to happen. For good or for, I don't think it'd be a good idea. I mean, I yeah, for good or for bad. Yeah, just this. Yeah, I yeah. loved. I mean, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain. No, but because I really liked, you know, the Dreamcast. But the Dreamcast's days were numbered. Okay. They just, oh, it was definitely numbered, and not to mention, I mean, how do you even? Oh my god, because you know they had the the gig disc on that thing too, so that would probably complicate things even more. Jesus, I don't even know. Right. I would hate to even think about it. I know. Don't even think about it. Don't even stretch your brain to try to get around it, okay? Don't do it. Um, there are some expansions. I should mention these. Uh, the Baldur's Gate Tales of the Sword Coast. This came out in 99. It was an expansion pack. 20, 20 to 30 hours of that thing. That's that's a beast. Yeah. And uh, had new areas, four new areas to be uh, uh, specific. Lots of content. Higher level cap. All that stuff. And there was also the Black Pits one and two, which I didn't. Yeah, get I, I wouldn't want to play the Black Pits. That actually looks. I played a, just a few minutes of Black Pits. It's pretty cool because you yeah. start off right away with like a large party, and you're like, uh, and you're basically uh, uh, fighting in the pits. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they called me last week after four days of COVID and no showers. They called me Black Pits for a while. They called me the Black Pits. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> he's got he's the black pits. He's the black pits. Anyway, I would really like it. I mean, well, whatever. We live in a time now where any two man team have the resources where they can get together and make a really great, competent uh computer RPG if they want to. Like right. you really can. You don't it's no longer an unknown thing. Like the tools exist, the the you know, certainly if you've just got the wherewithal on gameplay and stuff, you could build a game like this. I mean, um, it's it's really there's already I was doing some extra research in this because well, you're you're talking about the same things I was thinking about in uh, Unity. There's there's plenty of people out there talking about Unity. There's engines out there that are uh, similar to the Infinity engine. So all I got to do is just you know, plug away and go. Put your put your assets in there. Write the story. Get some big epic story. Get some great acting. Am I wrong in thinking that there's a uh, what am I thinking of? There is a version or no maybe they open sourced 
the infinity infinity engine and you can just do all sorts of shit with it now i wouldn't doubt it why do i know that hold on why do i know these these things open source pretty sure this was a thing yeah here we go oh yeah i do remember this so this was a long time ago though so I don't, why, I don't know why I'm remembering it now. This came... Okay, so the news hit back in 2012. Infinity Engine goes open source and cross-platform. Um, BioWare's Infinity Engine is the greatest RPG engine ever created. There, I said it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, it says, if you're filling out a template, you should fill out the sections related. Well, anyway. So, yeah, I guess that's the thing you can do now. You could go get a fork of this thing and just build a, a game if you want to. Do it. What are you waiting on? You got time, Brian. Come on. Get it in there. Stick I it got, in. Yeah, I got time, but let's just do it. Yeah, I believe in you and your new hot game. What will you call it? What will your name? What will be the name of your game? Uh, Brian's Fence. Oh my lord, that sounds amazing! I can't wait to play Brian's Fence. Yeah, yeah. Do I have to paint yeah, it and then? Brian's, no, Brian's Moat. I'm gonna oh. go with the Moat. Oh Moat. Oh, that's even more middle evil. Yeah. Middle evil. Medieval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. M- yeah. Middle evil. Middle evil. There's also, by the way, an MMO that almost happened. It never happened. Uh, yeah, but that was the Infinity. Right? Yeah. What was that called? I mean, that's the engine. It was the infinity is, uh, uh, that was the, yeah, it was something with infinity. What was the frick was it called? It was something, but it was, that was the original version they were making it for. It was supposed to be an MMO. Yeah. They were going for, again, they were aiming for, you know, uh, kind of, kind of the direction that the, um, I can't think of the name, Ultima, the Ultima games were going. Right. Cause Ultima online, I think was that same year or the year before 97, 98, something like that. Uh, there was a book, Baldur's Gate series became a, a, uh, a cult classic, netting itself an enhanced remastered edition about a decade ago. And uh, three novelizations ended up happening. Uh, there was the title simply uh, Baldur's Gate. This was released in 99. Baldur's Gate 2 Shadow of Zarn of Arm, uh, Am, uh, Am. Am. In 2000, they were both written by Philip Anthens. Okay. And then in 2001, Drew Karpishin. Um, he helmed the Baldur's Gate to Throne of Ball. However, fans of the genre aren't fond of those ad- adaptations. And why is that? Do you think? Why do you think people don't like them? I don't know. I got to read them. That's a good question. I got first. I got to finish the game. Get my get myself set. You know what I mean? So I can mm-hmm. be like all grumpy about it. Get you know get the lore in my head, mm-hmm. and then I'll read the other, and then I'll know when I need to be bad. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's what it. I got to do. Really I got to fall in love with the character stories first, and then. I can be mad that somebody changed them. So one of the things about the new game coming out, it's being created by Larry and Studios, who famously uh, did the um, original Sin game. Uh, what's the name of the games? My brain just my brain. I have brain fog. What was the, what are they called? They're called Divinity Original Sin, and oh, yeah. Original Sin Two, which is a more recent one, 2017, 18, whatever it was. Um, still, some of the best of this stuff ever made ever by anyone. It's incredible. Right incredible rpgs and so they were perfect for this they were perfect to hand this to and say you guys are making the next baldur's gate but i still no, have some you questions guys are making the next baldur's gate. and i haven't i haven't played enough of the new one you know in its beta form to say one way or the other but i do have some concerns that when i do play it i'm just going to be playing um you know divinity original sin 3 not <laughs> true baldur's gate 3 do you know what i'm saying like, yeah, yes, yeah, it'll like be I set say, in that world. Hopefully some characters carrying forward. We'll have the D&D rules, all of that. But I'm a little, just slightly, just barely kind of a hairline concerned that it that it won't feel right. And I, I right. don't know why I feel that way, but I do. No, that's a good feeling to have. Uh, that's, that's, that's how you keep from being suckered into something. 
Battleground Infinity, by the way, was oh, the name of the original it. prototype RTS game that they were working on. They were making an RTS. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, but it was uh, well. That was the whole idea. They were wanting to be multiplayer uh, RTS, you know, online. But, but yeah, didn't they, they decided to do this instead? Yeah, but when you mean RTS, you mean like real real time strategy, right? Like uh, right, right, right. Well, that's what it says. Okay, that's what that's what the that's what it says on the Infinity. I mean, the fighting engine. in the game is kind of RTS when you're not paused. So yeah, and that was always the problem. Yeah, the, the pausing the pausing solved one problem. Yeah. But then introduced another problem for multiplayer. Yeah, you can't have one side pausing and you have to wait for them. That's F. Right. Yeah. That's F. And, and if you look at the actual mechanics of how the Infinity Engine works and everything, it's like it takes real all the real rules. It's like, you know, the character takes X number of seconds to, you know, cast spell, hit, whatever. I mean, all of us, all those calculations are going on in the background. And mm. when you pause a game, it's, it's you know, it's... It messes with multiplayer for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other thing I think it did, the market left in gaming, was anytime you see one of these games, they all use the same dialogue system, essentially, yeah. that existed in Baldur's Gate 1. And that is the whole, here's a chunk of text, here are four options, you chose three, uh, number three takes you to three more or four more options, those will send you what was, a certain What was direction. your go-to? Okay, so we all know how to, you know, we know how to roll our characters and stuff, you know, choose their alignment and all that. Your alignment can be chosen beforehand, but do you stick to your alignment when you're doing your uh, when you're doing your choices? Like, well, in some cases you, know, you choices- have to, right? Because it'll force you, yeah. uh, to not. It won't let you do chaotic evil if you chose, you know. Yes, like so. Do you like steer as far out of that middle of the lane as you can, or you kind of like try to, you know? I don't know. Like in real D and D, I tend to veer, so I probably yeah. veered here and there, depending on the situation, which I think actually makes it interesting because that's the whole point. If your character is lawful good and you're put in a situation yeah. where you need to make a really hard choice, it should yeah. be difficult to choose, not just locked out of the hard bad choice. Should be a yeah. you know a hard choice to make. I tend in these games, I tend to always pick the nice guy route. I don't know why. It's not. I'm. This is not me bragging because I don't. I don't. I don't understand why I do it. I would like to enter a game and go. I'm going to be the bad guy this time. I'm going to run this whole game as a jerk because you can. I just can't do yeah. it. I just can't do it. it feels I wrong. I can't even be. I can't even. I can't even choose the snarky dialogue. That's how. That's how terrible I am. That's how lawful good I am. Mm. You're just like, oh, <laughs> if I say like, this, it's going to upset somebody. I can't say this. Yeah, I can't say that's going to hurt their feelings. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that. But none of this, like what you're describing here, I didn't. I feel like none of this existed before Baldur's Gate. I never felt this way in a video game before that. Yeah, and yeah. that that to me is is a, is a really important still standing achievement by the series. Yeah, and uh, most other games copy it now. They all do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Including the new one. Anyway, we hope you uh, go out and grab those enhanced editions. I mean, they are a little old now. 2013. Um, Icewind Dale's newer though, right? I think. Uh, yeah, I think that one twenty fifteen, maybe 15, something like that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's later, and then that most recent one I just just telling you about um, is much more recent. Where's my? Where's yeah, I think the Torment one, uh, Planescape Torment, is also a newer edition. Right, I think they're all worth getting, everybody. If these if these I've games interest you at all, yeah, they're they're cool. If you have Game Pass, those Pillars of uh, Eternity games, one and two, two is my favorite. Uh, from Obsidian Entertainment are all part of Game Pass. Obsidian now owned an entire, fully owned by Microsoft, so uh, they'll be putting stuff there. They've got some stuff coming up. I cannot wait for. They're one of my favorite developers ever, but I'm not sure they exist without Baldur's Gate. I don't think they I'll do. N- 
Yeah, I agree. Absolutely 100%. And I'll never be able to not picture pillows when you say pillars. pillars. I, I just, pillars. I, I, all I can see is some <laughs> southern guy <coughs> telling me, hey, how come you got two pillars and I only got one? Yeah, what's up I with said, these pillars of eternity? Does that mean the pillar goes on forever in my head right. and never not have a pillar on it? And then whenever we get through watching planes, trains, and automobiles, they ju- he jumps up and goes, those aren't pillars. And, you know, then yeah. we start talking about football yeah. or hunting. Sure. Yeah, no, this is all good. I, I like to get a little peek into your brain. It's a good stuff in there. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. We're going to play a little game here, folks. It's called Guess My Game. All right. It's where we play some audio from an old video game. And oh, I we, put mine in last week, so good luck me remembering. Nice. Sweet. Oh, I forgot to play its thing. Destroy it. <laughs> All right, there's its thing. I'm going to start. Turbo this is a TurboGrafx-16 title from 1990, excuse me, 1988. Oh, nice. Old school, okay? Old school Turbo, turbo Graphics. And the reason I chose it isn't because I thought you might know it, because you're probably not going to. Oh. It just seems so dumb to me that I had to do it. Okay. Oh, and I played a bunch okay. of it uh, okay. today. So, anyway, here it is. Here's some sounds so if you can figure it out. I'm Dr. Bomb. I'm Dr. Bomb. By the way, the game is not called Dr. Bomb, but that is what the guy said. Is it uh, I'm Dr. Bomb? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Dr. Bomb not in the title. Give you a hint. He's running left to right in a in a kind of a, almost Mega Man sort of way. Turbo Graphics 16, 1988. Yep. You said? Yep. 88. Arm, Dr. Bomb. Bomb. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen Dr. Bomb? By the way, I have not. I'm going to f- show you a photo. This is your final hint. As you look at this photo, and if you still don't know it, you're not going to get it. Uh, hold on, let me find it real quick here. I thought I forgot where I put it. Uh, here he is. Okay. Hold on. This is taking forever. Okay, there we go. Why is this taking so long? Okay, now I'm going to put this in our uh, Discord, and then I'll also put it up in the chat to see it. And you tell me what you know about this almost guy. somewhere between a Sonic and a Mario sound. Yeah. Does that, does that like guy look familiar? Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, that's that's uh, the guy with the head exploding. Dr. Bomb. That's Dr. Got... Bomb for sure. But what is the game he is in? Do you know? He is in, uh, um, uh, I ate all the cookies for the TurboGrafx-16. You are so close, but so far away. I will tell you that is, inc- that is incorrect. <laughs> Instead, I will tell you what it actually is. It is a game called... Bravo Man. Bravo Man. Bravo that Man. familiar. Let me take a look at that. Yeah, Bravo it's all uh, reruns of Queer Eye. Oh, look Eye at and... Skits getting it in the chat room. Good oh. job, chat room. Well anybody done, else? Skits. Yes, not bad. Did anybody play that Bravo besides Man. me? I mean, I've only played it here recently, but it's... It's based on some anime or something, or is that... I, mean, I'm I looking no at the idea. Wrong one. I think I'm looking at the wrong one. I have no idea. Bravo Man is based on... Uh, here we go. Came out in Japan. Oh, this is Japan only, so that could explain it. No, that's okay. I, I, if um, all my Turbo Graphics experience has been uh, through my Mister FPGA, and it could have it, the ROMs could have come from. Oh my God, <clears throat> have you seen the animated GIF 
That is freaking fantastic. Was it him kicking or what? What do you got? It's it, he's punching something. Hold on a second. I'm Stick that in our Discord or something. He's stabbing. He's he's hilarious. So here it says right here. It's a beat 'em up arcade game originally. We ended up on the Turbo Graphics, uh, developed and published in Japan by That's Namco. Described as a comical action game. Uh, player controls the titular character, a bionic superhero with telescopic limbs. He must defeat the villainous Doctor Bomb. So he's go-go gadget? Uh, basically. It says he can use his arms, his legs, and his head to defeat enemies, and you can crouch and jump over them. The game ran on a System a system 1 Namco board. Um, the character, its name Hitoshi Nakamura, when he's not in his suit, uh, it was a caricature of then-president uh, of Namco, Masaya Nakamura, who the game is dedicated to. Um, I wonder if he was cool with that. I don't know. It's pretty cheeseball, though. I know, right? Pretty cheese bag. Pretty cheese ball. I love it. Hold on, I'm looking at this GIF now. Uh, wait, it's it's disturbing. It's like the second one down. Let me see if. Oh I yeah, where he's jerking that yeah. sword or whatever the hell. Yeah, that he's is. doing the herky jerkies. I thought it was that. That's the reason why I said cookie because I thought that sword because of the perspective of it. I thought he was holding a cookie. Yeah, but that's the sword. Uh, in um, it's like a knife, and he's going, "I am Mister Bomb," yeah. and then he's. Who is right? Doing it into his crotch. Who is, who is rising doing, against me? Is is, is the thing he's, he's doing saying. it into his crotch? Though that was the part that disturbed me. Who is rising against me? Is it my crotch? Is it Down, my crotch? crotch, boy? Don't rise against me. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Oh my god. Yeah, just look up. Uh, the, what was it Bravo Man? And you, you'll find it. Don't yeah, worry. You'll, you'll find that guy. You'll find it. I found another screenshot that says, "Hey, Bravo Man, I want to eat." I want to eat. Oh, no. Want to eat? I guess that's not an eye. They, they spaced out there. You know how these translations go. It's freaking weird. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fantastic. It's amazing. By the way, if you're if you're one of the uh, Play Retro patrons, I'm going to put that animated gif right there. Oh, yeah. Put uh, that in there, dude. I'm going to put that right in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, oh, like, yeah. yeah there Hell, yeah. Go. Yeah. It's uh, real bad, real dumb, and worth looking at if you have a emulated version of the game. Uh, Brian, I'm going to play your clip now, and you may or may not remember it, but I'll see if I can do it. So oh, I got it now. I, I finally pulled it up. Oh, okay. I got it. What do you got? What's the what's the info on this? Uh, the the game is 1993, uh, and it, it the one you listen to is for the PC. But I will tell you, it was on other systems such as the uh, Super Nintendo Entertainment Center, the SNES, also the NES version, which is probably nothing like the one we're about to listen to. Okay. Uh, game Boy and Sega Genesis, which is probably close to the to the uh, PC version. All right, let's give it a shot. Oh, that is some MIDI card business. PC dolls. But sound good. Okay. Why did he say okay? Oh, there's more. Yeah. Hold on. Did I hear? Is this Wayne Wayne's World or something? <laughs> it's Wayne's World. Is it? There's Wayne's a Wayne's World, World game. World. What? 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 What a job! Excellent. Hold on a second. What? Are you mental? Is it? <laughs> Are you mental? <laughs> I didn't know they ever made a game. That's hilarious. Is it good? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. It's not don't, good. Don't be stupid. Of course, it's not good. Okay, I wouldn't think it was good. No, I mean, if you were into Wayne's World, it was you know serviceable, I suppose. But you know, no. Hmm. Interesting. Let's see here. Oh yeah, that's a wow. I didn't know it was a DOS version. Nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see this on a SNES or something, but 
Yeah. I want to say I rented this for either the, I want to say I rented it for the Sega Genesis one weekend, which is exactly what you would do with this type of game. Yeah, you don't would buy not, this. No. You wouldn't go buy this. But if you were at the, you know, if you were at the Blockbuster, you would probably say, eh, why not? What else they got here? I don't, I've already played all the rest of this crap. Let's play something. Can you imagine like paying money to, other than renting it? Oh, that'd be just terrible. Right. Don't do that. Yeah. All yeah, right. Like well, I said, I, I was a pretty big Wayne's World head, but yeah, you know. Yeah. Now you're a true blue Wayne's Whirler. I get yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. My excellent party time. Party time. Excellent. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever uh, bad thing they did. That's what we did. All right. Well, now that's a perfect time because now we can do emails. Welcome to the treasure room. Emails from those who are our own personal Wayne and Garth. Uh, for example, this one here from Tandy255. He sent oh, this email Tandy. to playretroshow at gmail.com and he says, Hello, Brian and Scott. I love Play Retro and Boop. Well, Bonham's not here anymore. But yeah. You, you can still it. love it, though. You can still love it. I had a guy reach out to me on email the other day saying, How would you like to take the final score to the next level? <laughs> and I wrote back you mean and said, past the final score? Yeah. And I wrote back and said, How would you like to find out? <laughs> This far Dude, after the fact that, that the show has yeah, like been seven years. Six years. Yeah. Six every year, yeah. Yeah, dummy. <laughs> anyway, you often discuss home conversions of arcade games for early consoles. <laughs> One of the reasons this was difficult was due to the orientation of arcade monitors. Many early arcade games had vertical monitor orientation, i.e. Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Galaga, Frogger. Our home TVs, however, all used horizontal orientation. So how do you cram DK's grinders or Pac-Man's maze into a horizontal screen with limited resolution? For Pac-Man, the Atari 2600 opted to create a unique maze with the passageway going from the top to the bottom of the screen instead of left to right. As you know, right. the home version just felt too different for multiple reasons. Uh, for Donkey Kong, ColecoVision uh, actually removed one of the girders. girders, So Donkey Kong ended up on the right side of the screen instead of the left. Uh, it was right. not arcade perfect, but it retained the basic look and feel. It was popular home version of the game. Keep up the great work, Tandy255. Right. He says, P.S., think of the last man on earth, not Tandy computers. Uh, oh, glad you it ruined it for levels. me, Tandy. Yeah, now it's ruined. Well done. Nice yeah, job. I was retro Tandy in all of my head. Mm-hmm. I had you in a, I, I was picturing this guy in a Radio Shack. That's where we were. Yeah, yeah. I was, now. now it's you, you totally ruined the image. Okay, so yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, we've talked about that in some of the games we've we've uh, talked about in the past. You know, you, some people sometimes would, uh, uh, you know, turn the TV sideways or do crazy stuff, anything mm -hmm. to get the aspect ratio right because it is taller at the arcade on some games than it is wide. And uh, I think I would have preferred, I would prefer as someone now. That if they just put Pac-Man in the center of the screen and yeah. had bars on the left and right-hand side. I would have preferred that over the giant scrolling because that actually broke the game in my mind. Uh, but I, I think there was there used to be a real big thing. I mean, when Letterbox first started happening, when people started talking about putting theatrical movies on a 4 by 3 TV yeah. and Letterboxing, I, man, you wouldn't, you'd hear all kinds of complaining. What are those big... Top and bottom. I can't see nothing. I can't believe I paid full price for this film. You're give me only my pillar. Me. I'm going to go to bed. Give me my it pillar. Was... <laughs> <laughs> when my head hits my pillar tonight, I'm out. That's amazing. Uh, here's a text yeah. we got from somebody. Oh, man, we like getting these. Uh, let's see. 801-471-0462 is the text number to send messages into the show. Uh, it says, this is for Scott and Brian on Play Retro. Hey, they say. 
Here's some more hey. unabashed Atari nerd stuff. When the Atari 7800 was designed, they were going to design a new sound chip, but because of budget constraints, they decided to use a TIA sound chip already on the board oh, because of the 2600 okay. backward compatibility aspect of that ah, console. That and makes I'd sense. forgotten about that. I forgot that you could yeah, put your 2600 uh, cartridges in there, yeah. which is cool. He says, so yes, the 7800 literally had the same sound chip as the Atari 2600. They did at least think of adding an extra pin, so the improved pokey sound uh, chip could be added to the cartridges. However, this was only used in two games, Ball Blazer and Commando. Uh, you oh should look up the Ball Blazer 7800 theme to see how much better the sound could have been. Cheers, Midwest Mint. Uh, oh, Midwest Mint. What yep. is up, my friend? Yeah, what's up, dude? Well, is he somebody who's also sent you a big box of things all the time? Is that what's going on? He's always sending me big boxes of stuff. Yeah, always. Because I say stuff like, oh, hi, Midwest Mint. Yeah, and then he says, here's a box. Here's a cool box. You want a box? I'm sending you a box. Um, no, but yeah. yeah, he's 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 uh, he's real active in the in the community, and we love Midwest Mint. But yeah, that's a great uh, that's something I didn't know. So that that explains a lot. I can't believe those cheap bastards gave us the twenty six hundred. Said, eh, close enough sound chip on there. Yeah, eh, that's why enough. they all sounded that's a, that carried yeah. through the whole time. That's crazy. Fifty two hundred, seventy eight hundred, all of it. They all had that chip because of back uh, you know backwards compatibility, and they weren't spending the money on the thing. I mean, yeah, he he did mention yeah. they had a, a new uh, pin on there that could you could take advantage of, but nobody did. Yeah, obviously, so, like, what, 2 Commando and that, that other game that, yeah. that he mentioned. That's pretty wild, though. I did not know that's that wild. was the case. I did not. That's good stuff. That's some good juice. See, that's the reason why I say, oh, hey, because he's got that kind of knowledge. Yeah, well done, he's got dude. a lot of knowledge of people in the community. Thank you, Tandy, and thank you, uh, Midwest Mint. You guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. You're and a uh, it's not Midwest Hint. It's a Midwest Mint. Mm. Uh, our next uh, game that we're going to be Mark talking Hiller. about is you know what I'm going to just call it I think we do Mario Kart and beyond I think we start with the kart and then we talk Good. about Diddy Kong we talk about Crash Team Racing we talk about all that stuff and why there's a weird little hidden gem from Konami nobody ever talks about that I think might actually take the top prize Ooh, their own little. Worry before I talk to you today, because I know we talked on Film Sack and we talked briefly on TMS, and I was, I'm like, I hope Scott's is he is he rolling? Is he mm-hmm. rolling? Is he doing the COVID? Is he over the COVID thing? Sort of, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. You sound pretty good today, so I'm I'm pretty soaked about the uh, cart stuff next week. Yeah, I love the cart stuff. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I also do feel a lot better. Thank you for for asking. And um, my yes. my goal is to uh, continue to convalesce. I took a nice nap today before the show. Good because uh, I was really tired and the dog looked tired, so Rest I laid down with smart. the dog, and now I smell like the dog. So that's good. <laughs> that means my smell, my, my smell sense is coming back. I can smell again, which yeah. is nice. Uh, always smell, always smell if you can. If you can always smell if you can smell, smell. Yep. So uh, it'll be next week. We'll talk. Uh, you know, obviously, we'll start with 16-bit and why that game is so important uh, to the future of games like it, but. You know, I think we're gonna. We probably will spend some time on Crash Team. It doesn't. That game is yeah. so much better than it deserves. So much better. Than it, it really should. is. And why? Well, we'll talk about it. There's also an amazing enhanced version of that game that you should totally get. I think PlayStation has it on their monthly thing for free. Ooh. I think. Anyway, it's all good. Uh, we'll talk more about that coming up soon, and uh, that'll be next week. I want to welcome a couple of new patrons to the show. Uh, patreon.com slash play retro is where they went and we now have tom suit and tony mazes 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 i'm not sure mazes in tom suit Ooh. suit yeah isn't that cool fancy yep 
Uh, it'd be funny if it was Tom Merritt's suit. If he's like making payments <laughs> with his suit. I'm a uh, It's really awesome, though, because we love having you guys here. And if you want to be like them, guess what? You'll never get an ad ever. You'll get pre-show content every single week. You'll get monthly benefits straight to you, all by simply signing up for the ever-cheap options available to you at patreon.com slash play retro. It's a dollar. Yeah, I know. Right? Cheap. Get in there. Get it while it's cheap. That's what I'm saying. Also, don't forget, uh, playretroshow at gmail.com. Uh, that phone number to send us text, 801 We're also on Twitter for as long as it lasts at Play Retro Show. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, uh, you know what? Well, I, yeah. made a, I made a, a, a Play Retro Show uh, 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 counter social account. Oh, you did? Did and you? I posted nice. a couple of things. Nice. Yeah. We should put one up. Everyone's moving to Hive at the moment, and we may want to set one up there, too. Nah, I'm not, not doing Hive. I hate Hive. No, I'm not a fan of Hive. <laughs> don't like Hive? Or is that like an I don't I like just, Steam? I just wanted to get it captured on audio. Oh. I hate Hive. I don't like Steam. Oh, okay. So that's why it was familiar to me. It reminded me of, yeah. of a time yeah. a lot, not too many years ago. Well, anyway, uh, we're over there in all those places. We'd love to see you there. I think that's going to do it. Don't forget, Brian plays a lot of these games, uh, streams them mm-hmm. after after work on weeknights. Uh, Brian, yeah. no no different this next week, right? You'll still be yeah, doing that? Same, same thing, except for Thursdays, Thanksgiving. I won't do that, but I want, I'm looking forward to maybe doing play date with Scott. We're going to find out if that can all work out or not. You oh, yeah, yeah. If you're around Friday morning, we are. We'd love to have yes, you for that. That'd be yes. great. We're going to play Among Us and Drawful. Oh, nice. Uh, we always warm up with a couple of drawfuls, and then we dive into Among Us for like an hour and a half, and it's great. Mm-hmm. So uh, be be prepared. You can play it on whatever platform you got it on. It doesn't matter. PC and yeah. handhelds, whatever. Phone, doesn't matter. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening. And uh, come back next time. Because, look, you can leave. You can stay, but you can never Wait, how's the Eagle song go? You can check in, but you can never leave? Wait. <laughs> whatever it is. Nailed it. Yeah, you don't. can uh, you you can go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah, you can't what? stay. Wait, it's, it's closing time. Everybody, get your shit out of the bar and go f the home. All right, that's it. <laughs> Thanks everybody for being here. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes, get more at frogpants.com. What is that I smell? A burning rage?